Welcome to 10 CDs for a Penny, the show where we talk about mild music mags and culture and stuff in Jackson, Maine. This episode, we're talking about Circus Magazine, December 2001. And if anybody knows what Circus Magazine is or the content they provided, you guessed it, we're going to talk about all about new metal in this episode. Last time Jesse Crow was on the show, she expressed uh, an affinity for new metal uh, from her teen years. I was surprised, but I also was equally intrigued about hearing her thoughts on new metal. So I asked her to come back to do a new metal episode. In doing that, I had to find a new metal magazine. So I asked my friend Pablo Bertucci if he had some in his archives. He dug out this gem of a circus magazine. And a longtime friend of mine, Dave Terpstra, who I've been trying to get on the show for a while, joined us as well. Dave kind of had a front row seat to the new metal scene in the early 2000s. He had a heavy band that was about to maybe do something with it. But it was an incredible conversation to have with these guys, all about this insane genre that we all had to live through. Everybody had a different take on it. There was some confusion about what new metal even was, what bands belonged in it, what didn't. But we kind of get to the bottom of that. We just had so much fun talking about new metal and reminiscing about this time and how terrible this magazine was. <laughs> and if you like this show, if you're listening and you like these episodes, tell your friends. There's no better way for me to get more listeners than you telling your other music nerd and pop culture friends that I'm sure you have if you're listening to this show. I bet you your friends are the exact same people as you. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I post pictures and stuff like that. And subscribe to me. Follow me on whatever platform you're using, Spotify, Apple. But enough of that. Let's just dive into Circus Magazine, December 2001, and the great, great era that was new metal. Um, so, yeah, this... Uh, this magazine, yeah, we can kind of just talk about it quickly. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's fantastic. I've got a lot to say about it. I've got a lot to say about the magazine itself in its physical form more than like, the actual bands. Yeah. Like, okay. It's really, it's really hard to think about a podcast about this magazine without being like, please, please follow along visually with this magazine. Yeah. Mm. I wish I'm going to have to post everything to Instagram and just have people be able to flip through because you just won't get it unless you see how bad this magazine is. <laughs> so awesome. So this was actually Pablo's magazine. I, I uh, reached out to him and said, like, is it possible that you have anything that features old uh, new metal bands? And he was right on top of it. He had a, he had a couple yeah. of gems, but this was the, the, the top of the pile for sure. Yeah. This is it, also um, this is this is exactly my uh, my musical taste in grade like I don't know like six to ten before I graduated into like more serious goth music um, and I had like all, I had all of these yeah that's perfect like these you bought uh, Circus magazine oh yeah right okay okay it hit Parader. Which oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Rocked at that moment. But Hit Freighter has also been around since like 1949 or something demented. <laughs> I was going to say, as, as an older cat, I, I do know it. I do remember when it was like Def Leppard and things like that. I just thought it was invented literally for new metal. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Eventually, that was, was, a, it was an age gap. Revolver. I think Revolver was the magazine for new metal. Yeah, yeah and like actually and it came from that. Just for new metal. Yeah, yeah. No. Circus really had like a metal only focus for like a lot of years. Well, yeah, I looked it up. And so it started in 1966. So it was covering a bunch of cool 60s stuff. And then it kind of petered out in the 70s. And then it got revived for like 80s hair metal. That's where it like, you know, really shone. Okay. And then it took a dip again in the 90s. You know, I think things like spin and, and alternative press and things like that took over when grunge and the alternative nation mm-hmm. happened. And then it got its last gasp for for new metal. And this magazine is basically just a vehicle for posters you would put on your wall in high school, too. I was interested in that sense that, um, you know, and I will preface by saying, like, I embody new metal, lived it, was part of it. <laughs> Front row seat, side stage, and right. like there. So it was interesting new, for me. This is a new metal support group. So thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah, no, and, and uh, it's about time. <laughs> but uh, um, the one thing that I did think of this, just because to me, you know, I sort of shaped like, okay, what was going on? Like what was, what was happening contextually at that time? And then to read this, it read a lot more like minutes from a like investors group or like a, an update <laughs> like it was just like so and so's uh, on board to record this person at this yeah. place this and it. like there wasn't a lot of like so what inspires you and this or you know like it was just very sort of factual which i'd never really thought of before i don't think i don't yeah. know if you if you felt that or, or picked up on that but i was kind of surprised by that like i felt like every article was just a like like an extremely literal view like who the band was uh as if you had never heard of the band before. right <laughs> like, yes. it's like wasn't this magazine for fans that probably already knew about these bands it was like mm-hmm. no, no no let's pretend you've never heard of a single of one of these bands not even one right. before well i here's the other thing is that if you look at the date of this, it's December, whatever, 2001, yeah, right? Yeah. So again, I'm looking at this and I think, okay, for what I know as new metal, it would clearly be defined from 1997, 2000, and then it kind of has this other thing where it splits off after that. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like, to me, the yearbook or something. And if you think it's of it, I was more like, when I mentioned revolver, like I was thinking that of like, there was this weird sort of like uh, relationship with porn at that time. And it was like porn stars were on every cover of this shit with them. And there was the whole, like, you know, it, it, you know, like guys are back to being with porn. Yeah. Like it, this was like a male push. Yeah. Here, yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, with that, I thought, but the party seems kind of over here. And so if you think of it in the timeline, this is just after nine 11. Yes, totally. And if you look at what just comes out at this time, it's also like the next albums that come out, I think are like the strokes. This is it. And like, it goes into that direction again. And it kind of, yeah, there's things that do well, you know, Lincoln park goes on and does the Jay-Z thing and this and that, but it was like, this is kind of actually for new metal. This is it. If you look at all those albums of those like major, I I think it always came down to corn. Right. (laughs) So they, (laughs) Is right. advertising tours 
or like like shows like you know right now like they're like i just got sent a uh an instagram picture of like a comeback corn comeback show for like so i wanted to like because i started to realize like oh shit like i said like i was in this do you know what I mean? Like I shook hands with corn. I played with wow. these bands that we're talking about. Like I was supposed to go on the, I know what, you know, elements were going on behind the scenes with like the industry newsletters and bullshit at this time. So I feel very comfortable with it at this time. And uh, to look back at it, it's so funny to, to think like, uh, Oh shit. Okay. That was, what was going on at this time. This is what was changed. What was the, uh, what did I start with here? What do you mean, corn? Yes, with with corn. And when you looked at all those bands, they all peaked by that time. Like they've yeah. all kind of had their ride by the time this magazine comes out. So yeah. I really had to look at like timelines and when things were going on. And yeah, it was like shit. This was kind of wrapped up as far as like new metal. Yeah, and looking at the article with like with Tool of people being like, "Ooh, this next record, people don't like it. It's weird and different, and like whatever." Um, it is really strange to see what what is going on with like evil music after 9/11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's a fuck. Like the world just got evil on our doorstep or whatever, you know. Like, <laughs> it got dark. Yeah. So <laughs> we should dark. talk about that okay, so this is the December 2001 issue of Circus. So it's the year-end wrap-up. And as Dave yeah. said, it was a good point. It's like the yearbook. It's like the apex yeah. of the, all these bands, but it's also this year-round wrap-up. So we get this portrait of practically everyone in the scene. I do want to bring this up off the top. It's funny Dave kind of mentioned porn in its correlation with this stuff. Oh, yeah. I felt yeah. on a separate note that this that circus magazine was like the bad swank version of, of like music mags, you know, you ever heard hardcore porn mags pretty much had to have some sort of writing content in them so they could legally sell them. So it was just like shit articles in the back. That's what I felt. This was, it was a bunch of pictures. The writing was deplorable. Like it was just like the grade eight book report on your favorite band. I couldn't believe how bad the journalism was in this. It was the, the Toronto sun of magazines. It was just, I was laughing. I couldn't believe how terrible it was. (laughs) I I was thinking that part of it is that this is like pre Wikipedia, I guess. Sure. Like that part, it's kind of serving like a, a role that at that time, like, Literally, if you're 14 and you live in a small town, like this is how you get your info. You literally wouldn't know the names of bands. Yeah, you're yeah, absolutely like, right. Here you go. This, it's like they feel like small, like Wikipedia entries. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Matt. That's a good point. Huge point. So in that timeline, here's another thing that I really felt uh, was was relevant. In that year, what was ultra introduced, which I think changed music, was iTunes right. and oh. Wikipedia. And to your point, Pablo, I feel with Wikipedia, to me, that kind of changed. Being able to now go and investigate and go look at things and, uh, you know, kind of figure out your own path as opposed to, uh, for me, I think I was introduced to all these people through uh, radio, right? Is that what it was? Was it much music and, much and music. radio, the edge for, for most? For much sure. music, I think, for the most part, especially in Saskatoon. There, yeah, it was like, it was much music. And then ordering these magazines. 
hilariously enough. It's true. Like that's how, I mean, we think of like how deep embedded we are in the internet now. And you know, this is, is an obvious statement, but the internet at 2001, like it was good. There was a lot of information on it, but it wasn't what it is today. And you were still, you yeah. still, I was still buying magazines to find out about bands. Pitchfork was in its infancy. And I don't think I really like, I don't think searching out information was a lot of what I did on the internet. <laughs> it was like finding other goths in the world to chat with or like potentially smooch on some, some <laughs> world that I'd never meet. Uh, and looking up bands and making like a GeoCities. I made a GeoCities site right. for the local new metal band in Saskatoon that I thought were really cool. Like bands didn't, because it wasn't still internet culture then. So it's like bands still felt like very hard. It's like seeing a Yeti or something. Like <laughs> the magazine for me was like an access to something I could normally have access to. And then once the internet becomes normalized, that's, I feel like this magazine is like a, a pre precursor to like Instagram and all that stuff. Right. Like truly. Yeah. My favorite part, and I'm just seeing this now, but like my favorite part of these magazines was like, like the back page. Oh yeah. What are all the cool shit? Yeah. What like, is that? Oh, it's like, so the back page you can, it's, it's like, you can order stuff from circus mag. You can oh, get, yeah. like, for instance, you get Doc Martens sent to yeah. your house. All right. Get, uh, uh, right. Studded belts, chain wallets, lighters, uh, like this is like you. Not only are you looking at this magazine for the for the super hot shit posters that you're definitely going to put all over your walls and in your logger for sure. If you're also <laughs> you're ordering your clothes, like you're like, there's no hot topic in Canada. There yeah, was right, no yeah. hot topic in Canada, I think. In, Till West Edmonton Mall when I was like in 2005 we were already into emo yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know like right. growing up in Saskatoon if I went to Vancouver there was a couple of cool stores with like pleather pants Edmonton had a goth store that had vampire fangs mm. and corsets and these kinds of things <laughs> sanctuary very important place of course it was but called like, sanctuary mostly yeah of course but mostly you were like Back of the magazine was actually like for us, like, you know, small city people, like you're begging your parents to buy you the Misfits shirt. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We had to, uh, you know, if someone went to Montreal, all of a sudden everybody put in an order for spikes. Like the yeah. one guy went to the punk store and bought like 800 spikes for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So I'm curious, David, like, so. Yes. Uh, how old were you in 2001? That's a good question. Let's see. I don't know. I, maybe this is born for everybody no, else. I was born in 79. I think it's important. Okay. So I was like, what, you know, 21? Yeah. Right. right. Okay. Okay. I'm, uh, I, I find this stuff super interesting. Like how old people were when they were into Oh, events. sure. Sure. And so sure. I was 21. And I guess at 21, if you're into, if you're into new metal uh, and it's 2001, you're not aware yeah. yet that it's kind of over. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's so funny that for me, I kind of felt that being so close to it. 
but oh, you did. um yeah and that's it, it's so funny to think it's like when i look at the timelines it was like well it's over in the sense of of i think everyone felt that it was over but then there are these sort of like the larger ones that went on and kind of continued for a while corn obviously being one of them but um yeah at that time like i i would go back and say like at that time for me personally i was into it so much that i was about to like literally join it and uh was like tired of it before it even happened and like self-destructed kind of thing <laughs> yeah if that makes sense like truly there is defining oh, yeah. moment <laughs> that fits so much into um that you know timeline that uh yeah i remember uh I mean, I don't know how far she it, but I remember a time and it was, uh, I was at a show at what was then the Cool House, which used to be the warehouse in Toronto. Yeah. And it was uh, at the time, Finger Eleven, Seven Dust, and this band, Drowning Pool. Oh, yeah. oh right. let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> and I'll focus on that one. Because at that time, I had sort of been... Um, at that position where you're sort of like a local talked about thing. So people are taking you to different shows to meet other musicians and label people and things like that. And this was one of those times. And I was introduced to this guy and I believe his name is like Dave. And we're both like these fat guys who were in these like heavy bands. And he's telling me like the kindest person to think of it of like man it's so great like i got a jaeger tap on the bus it's just partying all the time it's just cool like a very um what's that guy guy fieri kind of vibe on everything <laughs> who i guess may tie in somewhere to new metal somehow right influence wise anyway and uh i just remember kind of thinking like fuck like this is what i'm looking at here yeah this is my future. And then I think the guy died on the bus. He did. Like, oh like two weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. And it was oh like. Oh my goodness. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Dark. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, like everything's sort of getting soured in that sense. But I, you know, like I have reasons for all of this stuff of like how I think this goes and why we feel like at that time it was done. Um mm -hmm. And for me, I mean, I, I kind of look at the same, like I like, I like music of all types and uh, I believe that with all art, uh, there's going to be true representations of what's going on at any time or place. And that happened to be what this was, right? Is like, that was the voice of, where were those guys from? Bakersfield, the corn guys, like we're talking kind of suburbs, uh, you know. Self, like the vo the dark voices of the suburbs. Yeah, just self-loathing, yes. porn surfing, you know, and, and again, very male, right? And I mean, yeah, totally. males are what? We're, we're sad and horny. Strip it back. That's all we are. <laughs> we're sad and horny humans. And so that's what that was. And I truly believe at that time, you have, um, we're just out of the 90s wave of like the grunge thing, which we all kind of know. And, you know, them sort of flexing their thing, the depressed talent kind of thing. And uh, it's kind of wallowing. And you have all these people that that's just not the thing. We're like more into, uh, for me, and I know with that, a lot of that aligning and where the musical kind of stuff comes from, is like hip hop. And this like, you know, very male, 
uh, gangster raps popping off, all these things like the rhythmic stuff's going on. It's a representation of these like angry kind of jackass horny dudes who are into porn, into filth, into wanting to just sit in there going, well, my uncle's fucking looking at me weird. All of that kind of stuff like is like their truth. Yeah. Right. So why not set up the amps and do what we've been doing forever and will continue to do forever is escape all that shitty stuff and start yelling loud and, and doing whatever. And that was the time, you know, we had guys playing four string guitars. We're just chugging open uh, the bass. The bass players are acting like DJs kind of setting the tone. You know, that was what it was all this bass player driven stuff, man. You listen to Limp Biscuit, you listen to Rage, you listen to it's like it's like these phenomenal guys sitting back like party DJs going like playing hip hop beats. And then the guys who suck at guitar are going squiggle, squiggle, squack, squack, right? Like on top of it. And we know that because they're not guys who are doing like instructional videos. There's people everywhere who tap in. And what I'm getting at is despite their abilities they were still speaking truth and it resonated and it was honest so it went up and when you do that it's like you've become you've tapped into this like you're a communicator people get it no matter where they are no matter what language whatever they kind of feel and they'll relate to whatever they relate from that or take it to something else and put it on a soundtrack something else in their life it's also interesting with new metal because there are there are subsects of course like with any genre and there are mm. the people who are resonating in a really serious way and then there are the dementedly talented like almost like jazz guys who are like i'm gonna put on a silly costume <laughs> freak out from people's parents i'm i'm basically a, like a metal version of ween nobody's <laughs> know that i'm joking but i'm gonna but it's gonna be so much fucking fun that i'm gonna do it so there's like, there's the, you know, there's the corn and whatever, which like, there's some dress up elements to it and blah, blah, blah. For sure. Get into the mud vein and the like, kind of like wackier stuff where you're like, I don't know where this is going. And then you have the extremely self-serious of the Deftones, the tool, whatever, who are like, no, we're not, we're not porn men. You know, like, yes, watch horror movies, we think, and mm. we play in seven. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, like, there, I feel like there are a few, there's like one of each of those bands at the main table. It's like, you're like, okay, Slipknot's here, Corner here. We've got yeah. the ones for the serious guys that are more sad than they are angry. And we've got the like, the like witchcrafty guys. They can listen to Tool and maybe they're into Godsmack. We don't know why that band flows. <laughs> you know, like, so I feel like you kind of have to have the like one of each. And then they yeah. all got their like little subsects underneath your static X, your where's coal chamber and all of this. And also what happened? To- <laughs> they are right there. Orgy. Yeah. <laughs> Orgy. Oh, Cause that was a whole other, like yeah. bendy. I don't know. It's, it's there. Like the yeah. table. Uh, the table's got it's like yeah hierarchy and then like subsects of where the bands went for sure definitely it's definitely. true they kind of had you're, you're right and i mean it's funny you brought up orgy too because they were kind of the getting into 
what I'm thinking of is like the poison version of of new oh, metal sure. in <laughs> in the sense yeah that like they were like kind of gender bending you know a little bit like a little not, bit glam exactly oh. they were doing the glam they were doing like the gender bending yeah. the rest of the guys there was hardcore macho shit happening then there was like the face painting guy there was like the the uh, mud vein style like kiss you yeah. know that we're getting into uh so slipknot yeah like they, they yeah slipknot yeah. Is, uh, for sure slipknot yeah this is like a genre I wasn't like super, super into. So I had a hard time figuring out what was new metal and what wasn't. Cause like there were only certain bands I, I kind of liked at that time that I thought were new metal. Like I thought Deftones were new metal. Mm-hmm. And then in one of the articles in Surface, this, in this uh, issue said, White Pony is not a new metal album. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm wrong then. I don't really know. But was a but I had white I had White Pony and I loved that album at the time. I White Pony still rocks. Like when's the last time the White Pony is fucking awesome? Apparently, the new Deftones album, which I am afraid to put on. Oh, but who would have thought that a new Deftones record in you know twenty years after White Pony, maybe it was nineteen at the time would actually actually hold up and not just sound like a joke version of itself. That's uh, pretty good. Deftones are these this one band that I didn't continue following after White Pony. I did like I, I was never that into Adrenaline, the first record. At that time, I remember the shift going into into new metal and, and Deftones was one of the first bands. I mean Korn was certainly around and I wasn't really into them. But then I was really into like skate punk at the time. So I was, everything had to be fast in that like super skate punk tempo. And then I remember my friend showing me Deftones Adrenaline. And the first thing I said was, are there any fast songs? <laughs> and they're all <laughs> fairly down tempo. So I wasn't really getting into it. But then I got I around. The, yeah, I, I got around the fur and I really got into that. And then down like uh, White Pony was, you know, kind of the more getting into the, the radio headish version of of Deftones and going from there. I didn't follow him after that, but I always saw Deftones pop up in the 2000s. All of a sudden some album would come out and a lot of people would give it a lot of great accolades and they just like never really went away. And then it's true, 2020 they put out this record, it made every best of list. So I checked it out mm-hmm. and it was great. I really dug it. And I was surprised 20 years later. And then I went back and listen to Around the Fur, which I probably haven't listened to in 20 years, the whole record, and it really right. held up. Like, way better than any of this, like, the the bands we've been talking about. I think Deftones is just a band. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, there are, there are bands that are, like, really sit in the new metal genre and maybe have had a bit of a difficult time busting out. But Deftones just kind of, like, slid along with it and was like yeah we're close enough we've got enough like parallels of fans but they didn't really they weren't really a new metal band per se they just existed within the world of new metal you know like they they weren't as deftones were never silly so uh, wait so then deftones is not new metal is that is that what we're oh i would i would say they they were founding uh yeah. Yeah, I founders, founding oh, okay. members of yeah, it. Yeah. I I think um, Deftones were always very aware to me, and they're always sort of uh, they pass the style test. I think like I don't know how many decades they've been around, but I think they were just always aware. Like I think they were tastemakers as much as they were uh, 
musicians in a sense. And I think that's why people like you, I, Chino Marino, you can see that guy just walk down the street and like grab a coffee and you'd be like, he's in rhythm. Like he's coordinated, <laughs> you know, like he, he, he's, he, he knows his look. And um, I think that kind of stands test of time. And they've done that. Whereas again, like at that time of that new metal 97 to 2000, um, we could say it was uh, experimentation or something like that, but there was a lot of bad style. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they, well, I they feel like that's what most of it is. I'm trying to figure. Yeah, they didn't, you know, I mean, they may have, like I said, they didn't really, uh, the Guy Fieri thing probably wasn't their thing. You know, they sort of understood basics and, uh, you know, a, a lot of nods to, which I think a lot of new metal was, was a lot of nods to hip hop, you know, like this was a, this was a point where unfortunately, yeah. like as much as I love grunge and, uh, you know, everything that was going on there and was into that, it's really white, you know, and it's not to say that uh, new metal was diverse, but they at least wanted to start acknowledging like, we're more into this, you know, we're, we're more into, into this style. And, and of course, when you look like to look back at all the tours, I think that also reflected something a little bit different than what you would ever see in magazines or what, when we associate, there was hip hop throughout all of it. There was with a lot of those bands. Like I was surprised to look back and be like, they carried a lot of rap acts on their tours and stuff like that. Like, I totally forgot that. Um, you know, so that's, that's kind of, cause I know as a kid and you know, from where I'm coming from, that was the attention, you know, like I was one of those guys who from, you know, 1988 raising hell, you know, uh, run DMC. It was rap with guitar on it. Yeah. And that was the baddest fucking thing I could ever think of in my life. And uh, it's hard because I don't think anyone was able to clearly carry that, uh, you know, or could at that time. And it kind of got buried for a while. And then it comes back as just like, you know, if anything about these bands, I'll say they're courageous, you know. I will be first in line to rip up any of that era and, and make fun of myself. Who was, you know, I had the wallet chain and the baggy, weird silver okay. jeans and the you know uh probably a, some kind of choker thing maybe if i'm feeling that way <laughs> you know, i don't know it's funny because when i think of new metal i think of like i remember more i associated more with like small town middle america what like i think of it as the whitest that's it thing ever but i realize now you're right like there's still that aspect of new metal that's like california you know because mm -hmm. like a lot of like yeah deftones and corn it's a lot of like latin americans basically the bands I was into at that time that were like, I, I don't know if they're new metal or not, like, but I was into Deftones and uh, Tool and uh, Perfect Circle were the bands I listened to the most at that time that were, I, I don't know, but they're not really new metal. I liked Korn. I like. I feel like there is, they, there. they mm -hmm. serve in that serious. They're in there, right? Yeah. Okay. You go from like the silliest and then you slide over into the most kind of like, you know, yeah, self-serious, like musicianship, whatever. Like they're all still, they're all still like at the head table of new metal, but there's, yeah, there's the pendulum. Yeah, I couldn't get into the, the masks kind of bands <laughs> or the face painting. I couldn't get into it at that time. I understand. <laughs> I just liked at this uh, time yeah. too, like I just liked heavy music. I liked everything. And, you know, at the point, 
you know, when I went to university, I was this was 1999. So there was a lot of heavy stuff. But then I was kind of ditching what I listened to in high school a lot as soon as I went to university and, you know, start meeting other people and they're giving you stuff. And uh, I remember this girl on my floor uh, had listened, had Slipknot, the first record, and I'd never heard these guys. And I thought they were incredible at the time because I just thought they were maniacs. Like, I listened to them, and I was like, I'm not, like, super into this. Like, I'm not, like, getting, like, fandom. But I would listen to it and go, like, fuck, this is fast, hard, crazy shit. And these guys look insane. Like, really scary. Yeah. Yeah. I I can confirm that. Uh, When I first was introduced to Slipknot, it was, again, this thing of, like, go see this band. They're on the label. You're going to love them. Uh very excited go go check them out i showed up wasted like absolutely wasted i had no idea who they were and i didn't care and uh i actually got kind of tossed around a bit like in the crowd or whatever and hadn't even realized that they were like this (laughs) and the first thing i was like oh my lord does the singer have a horribly burnt face what is going on? And then just absolutely trying to piece it together as if it was some sort of mushroom fueled nightmare of like not really understanding what was going on and uh, was hooked ever since. <laughs> because I had never, you know, uh, for me, I had never even entertained anything like that. And it's funny, you know, I have to say that, you know, just you've been talking about like the, the sort of... Um, goth side or or that side of music whatever that was the part to me that was missing when i think all of these ingredients came together to make like new metal right um i knew the hip-hop and the metal but i'd always be like these keyboards and these like the whole sad tones here that's going on and the you know the i and the whole and it was right it was like nine inch nails downward spiral kind of set off a bit of a vibe the what the like substance would be of all these things it's like you've got like nine inch nails as your like ketamine and then you've you've got new metal as just meth (laughs) (laughs) like bless both like someone like either and that's great you've got you it's like this is angry and this is not moving (laughs) so yeah i'm all for it yeah and i mean it was a trip and it was cool to you know see all of these things come together uh i don't know it was a fun time. Like I, I look back at this as a pretty cool. <laughs> I don't. But, uh, I, <laughs> uh, like I look back on it like like um, part of the reason I I listen so much to like Deftones and Tool is like this is happening at a time in my life where like and I think it's true of a lot of people that listen to it and even the bands themselves. It's like I'm angry, but I don't know why I'm angry, and I can't really put into words why why i'm feeling this way and this yeah. band is just speaking directly to it and i and even looking back i think the band members themselves don't really understand and it's just like i need to get this out so yeah. when i listen to this music it's, it's hard for me to listen to it today because it just it's more like a photograph of a you know oh i was miserable <laughs> so i'm like oh, why I would i listen to that again you know? <laughs> yeah yeah we really wanted to take all the filth and talk about it, you know, and just have it out there. I think that was really it. Um, You know, it's right there. Um, You know, I think someone said middle America and the white thing and the, you know, and the rap thing is that this did also create another whole thing with um, insane clown posse and what we know is like the juggalo thing that went on. 
And then, you know, and then Eminem comes out right after this as well to right. represent a lot of that crowd as well and Kid Rock and like, uh, but those elements were there as well. Oh, yeah. Eminem yeah. is new metal is new metal is new metal. <laughs> I think you're right. I think he was there like right the at the right time. The table. Jesse, you, you're absolutely right. Eminem is as new metal as new metal is. You're, you're, you're correct because he was there right at the same time. And I was going to say that kind of ties all in. There's a possibility that there's a lot of white kids in like middle America and suburbia and everything with no, um, like ethnic cultural, uh, uh, influence whatsoever, which is exactly how I grew up, uh, in white ass Kingston, Ontario. Um, (laughs) so everybody's like really, really interested in other cultures because they don't have it. And so you start like you you have people who are in a rap, but then you 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 maybe don't really resonate with it because you don't really understand where it's coming from. But you do understand where it's coming from from a bunch of angry white guys with <laughs> like some sort of hip hop influence and screaming. Then all of a sudden you can latch onto that very easily. Yeah, you're yeah. like I'm an angry I'm an angry white guy. <laughs> I'm music for me, the angry white guy. <laughs> not enough like with magazines like this maybe not in 2001 but like the earlier ones that would have featured like a like a coal chamber and um and an orgy and whatever i legitimately just thought they were all hot (laughs) (laughs) who um as someone who uh you know was into dudes or whatever i and and is like a a non-binary person at this point this made a lot of sense because I wanted to be all of these people and, you know, would put on makeup to look like orgy and whatever. And so I, I had these posters on my wall because I was like, Ooh, sexy. And right. also, Ooh, me, you know, <laughs> like there's a reason why, why these magazines have like those kinds of posters is because this was basically the Leonardo DiCaprio for anyone who liked dudes and liked new metal. Like we needed hunky shit to hang on our wall. Yeah. Um, and pre-internet, like the visual is so powerful and any access you have, because it feels like, again, if you're in a boring suburb, somebody like this, it's like an alien landing in your planet. Like these people, they just feel like they're coming from outer space. Like, what is this? Of course, you're going to be drawn to it, especially at that age of like teenager. Mm-hmm. feeling is like what the hell is this you know we haven't really defined new metal and i mean sorry we have we have done a bit of defining and we've also said like yeah. you know we like how it's branched off into like a few different facets we haven't really talked about how it was rap rock i mean we're talking about like slipknot mm. and we're talking mm-hmm. about uh like face painting and like mud vein and all these things i think when most people will think back about new metal most of them will say it was rap rock and it's funny, mm-hmm. like we're looking at this magazine and there's not a lot of that, but I'm trying to even think like, who else was it? Because when I think, you know, it's like the Deftones weren't doing that. It was really Limp Biscuit who was doing the majority of that. What was another band? Like, because all of a sudden- Linkin Park? Linkin Park, uh, Incubus, Park. Incubus, I guess, like was doing that sort of. For me, like I was saying with the Run DMC thing, I had to wait, right? There was the public enemy thing with Anthrax. Then I had to wait till the Judgment Now soundtrack. Then it was Body Count. And then boom, all these bands are rapping. And it was the DJ thing too. 
So yeah, yeah. was was new metal kind of defined by having a DJ? Because I remember in high school, all of a sudden, it yeah. was whatever band you were, you wanted to get a DJ in. Like my friends <laughs> yeah. had like a funk band, like this really cool like jazz fusion band. It was fucking awesome yeah, actually. And then they were like, okay, let's get a DJ in here too. But no one DJed. <laughs> like, hey, let's get a DJ. It's Kingston. There's no DJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, I would say that it's well documented and defined that it would that it would be elements of hip hop, metal, uh, funk, and um, you know I guess goth or you know I mean again that's my blind spot but you know that that kind of influence and that's that's it. Um, they would say the go ahead thrash too right or like whatever like the hardcore yeah screaming? yeah thrash sorry no the hardcore screaming i guess i would yes yes so that was in that was metal i mean there was right before that there were bands that they would call uh thrash metal which was pantera uh that's what i wanted to essentially sepultura before yeah but again you know but go ahead there's two bands i was thinking of i mean we we get the hip-hop influence and we're obviously thinking you know you go from like body count rage against the machine uh, that yeah. was like a big influence, but there was two other bands I was thinking of. One was Helmet, and I think they had a yeah. huge influence. And, yeah, but I was of the gonna, big beats. but I was also gonna say Pantera. Pantera, like I've never Absolutely. been a massive fan of, but they kind of came out of nowhere. Like they were like 1990, pretty much. So you went from like a hair metal era, that was all getting killed by Nirvana. But then Pantera came, and they were this very different metal band. Uh, yeah. And I feel like they had a lot of influence of just like the, like stripping down all of the like hair metal stuff and ditching that, and just being like a Phil, yeah. the the lead singer, just like bald headed, like Which Henry Rollins looking yeah. kind of guy. Uh, and I feel like sure. that was a big influence. Uh, you gotta also understand on the back end of this, in terms of actual like production, in terms of like where these these are crossroads that are all met of these bands, right? Like there's a producer named Terry Date. He was doing Pantera. He also doing Deftones, Adrenaline, and Around the Fur, I believe. Um, Ross Robinson, Sepulchre and Corn, and, you know, Deftones are in and out of Indigo Ranch in Malibu all throughout that time. Uh, you know, and that's where I was going to say is sort of like this birthplace of new metal, right? It's Ross Robinson and 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 Corn and Limp Bizkit and, and Deftones. You know what? It's funny because I was really not into hip hop at all in high school, for sure. And when I started seeing this stuff, I I didn't get it because all of a sudden, like when I was probably around eighteen, is when I really started seeing this all happen. It's when it's pretty much when it did start happening, like ninety eight, and there were these bands that started popping up, and they were playing new metal, which I hadn't even really like been defined yet. Like it had been, but I wasn't like super upfront. It wasn't like on the every magazine cover like new metal this is what it is and i started seeing all these bands local bands pop up that were metal bands that were heavy bands but the guy would be rapping and then they'd want to do covers of like ice cube covers and they'd want to play like predator and i'd be like i don't get it these guys like (laughs) hip-hop these metal guys like hip-hop like i'm not understanding it your brain was exploding (laughs) yeah there was these guys who um were essentially like a rap band uh, bad name, but I love these guys. Slaves of Spanky, and they had like a bass player who was playing like distortion bass, and they had a DJ and two MCs, and every one of their songs was about weed. 
That was their entire band. <laughs> but they were into like I met them and I, and they they had a rap band, but then they they they'd want to cover, yeah, like Ice Cube stuff. But then they'd want to like do like a Soulfly cover or something like that. And they had like they were into like Soulfly and Sepultura. And I was like, I don't get how you guys are into rap and metal. I've never met people who are into both. Wow. Right. <laughs> And so it was it was mind bending for me that I was like I'm not understanding because it, it was very divided where I grew up. You were a rocker or you were a, a right. rapper, mm. and that was it. And we really did not intermingle at all. There was literally rocker rapper fights in parks, huge brawls. <laughs> like I'm not joking. Like the metalheads well, and the your rappers. High ex- your high school experience is interesting to me because my like it wasn't like that where I went to school. Like if you were into any band, you were kind of friends with each other. You know, so if, it, if somebody was into corn, somebody would be into Alice in Chains, whatever, or punk or whatever, it, it was kind of treated as it's all part of the same family. Right, right. But your high school seemed very like, no, 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 yeah, this was, is this. <laughs> or you're in that. It's like Greece sure. and the Soch or something. But it was, yeah. it was, it was absolutely that. But it wasn't even my high school. It was like the city. It was like it, like all the hip hop people kind of found each other. And they were more like in one part of the city. And my high school was the downtown like hippie school. And so there was like hardcore punk kids and like kids who were playing like real hippie stuff. And then like jazz fusion stuff and all sorts of weird shit like that. And then there was like the other high school had like the 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 uh, the metal bands. And then the other high school That's was like so all in a rap. And like it was very divided. It was odd. <laughs> You find yourself in an alleyway, Jackson, and knives were pulled. No, but I I found myself in an alleyway where jocks were trying to beat up the skaters. Wow, <laughs> skater That's jock funny. wars. It's so funny because now so many skaters are literally jocks. And I was like, "Are you guys stupid? We yeah. have weapons. <laughs> These boards will kill you." That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, wow. Anything Why? else? Like what? I can't believe we haven't mentioned White Zombie yet. Like how White much, Zombie. how much oh, of an influence could, Zombie. like these guys started in the eighties and they came up and they got yeah. big around like 93, 94. And then with uh, Astro Creep 2000, it was like 95. There's that's, that's a metal band with a guy rapping and like dreadlock, yeah. scary looking dude. And did, Oh my God. When, when new metal got big, they, they just, it, it was great because those guys didn't get forgotten. They got elevated to like this huge status. Like Rob Zombie shows, like they were massive. They were like taking corn on tour at that point. Like, yeah, yeah. So, like they were like the the scary uncle putting everyone under their wing and being like, guys, I got some shit for you. We're gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I would see white. Well, I mean, I would see Rob Zombie got like awesome, like big scary monsters and stuff on stage, and like crazy full shows. Um, yeah. The like horror element of things was like a totally. You uh, know what? You know, There's another one. Lincoln Park. Yeah. So Lincoln Park were the, the I, were Lincoln Park the most successful ones out of this. I mean, I think, yeah, for sure. I think probably. Record, if, if we're counting them, one hundred percent. Yeah, if we're counting yeah, for like them, crossover, crossover kind of, you know, going from new metal to being a part of just like original. 
I remember uh, being so convinced there were going to be a one hit wonder. Yeah. So wrong. And yet, many. Times. So I. For like I, 10 I million records. That. that was my first album, I think. It was crazy. What was the really Christian kind of new metal band? P.O.D. Oh, P.O.D. Uh, P.O.D. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that started really sliding in, and I feel like Linkin Park sat in that world. I have no idea if they're Christian. They oh, feel, I don't know. They feel Christian. <laughs> success, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They could be. They could be. A new metal band that like your parents could like approve of you listening to and stuff. <laughs> and that was like, you put on to make your parents mad, yeah. which is like the real switch. Yeah. Uh, speaking of pleasing parents or or not, I thought that the one uh, which also was mentioned in this was Incubus. Yeah. Of course. Totally. Oh yeah, I was which really surprised me. <laughs> they did a massive shift by this point. Those guys. Sure. I was listening to them in the nineties. That was the one that I was really interested in. Out of yeah. everything we're talking about, I was not. I was sort of into uh, Deftones. I was not into Corn. I had my moment with Limp Bizkit, but Incubus, my friend had that, that album Science, which I think is their first record. Like they made of it an EP yeah. or something like that. Which before. is super, as I remember, like super funk heavy. Yeah. Right? Yes. Like it yeah. was. Yeah. And they're like really, a legit band. Yeah. Like they had the yeah. DJ. Yeah. And they had like that slap bass. Like, and I, again, like I thought slap bass was really interesting at the time uh, like you're a bass player That's, i know yeah. Let's get it out <laughs> i know but i was never yeah. slapping but i did think it was like you know just being enamored with guitar solos it was like someone who was doing like really crazy slapping over this yeah. like funk mm-hmm. metal thing that was happening i was really interested in that and then they did this switch for their next record where the guy is like really singing and he's like there's like acoustic guitars and i was like what the what fuck happened which is when I got into them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and me. Yeah. yeah. Make yourself. I'm for liking the slowest song on every record. Like if yeah. you, if you want the fastest and thrashiest, I want the saddest, slowest, yeah. dreamiest song on me every too. record. But as I end every episode, I want to say who was number one in the Billboard charts, December 2001. Okay, let's go in a circle. So I'm going to, no, I'm going to do the top 10 for you guys. <laughs> going to do the top 10. I'm going to rhyme them down. Number 10, uh, a band that we've talked about quite a bit in this episode. They were, I would say, the probably the most successful uh, of the, the new metal genre, the biggest album sales. Anybody want to have a guess? Number 10? Linkin Park. Linkin Park. Linkin Park Hybrid Theory is number 10. They've been on the charts for 60 weeks. Number nine, but this is a band that was really huge and really didn't release that many records. Uh, mm. Female singer, female-fronted, huge 90s act, now into 2001. No oh. doubt? No doubt. No doubt rock steady. Yeah. Oh, sure. I feel like this is like, I, I did not look this up, but I, I think there's a record in between Tragic Kingdom and this. Yeah. And... Yeah, Rocksteady. Yeah, Return to Saturn, I think it was called, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And this is the this is more like the record that's going to be launching Gwen's solo career. You yeah. can like, hear like yeah, more Farrah of... Williams produced their opening single. Yeah, who produced it? Farrah Williams. This is, oh, you know, this is like the, for me, in my opinion, like the era of like Timbaland and Pharrell Williams. It starts around this time. Like NERD. Right 
Yeah. yeah. And they had uh, Hella Good is the opening single of that. Yeah. It's the tingling time. Yeah, exactly. Get into so some that's number beats. nine. Yeah, that's number nine. Uh, however, with how many weeks? This is the first week. So, or no, it, no, it's been on for nine weeks. So, I mean, it's it's, it's been around. It, it could have been, it did it did have a number one spot at one point. So, yeah. number eight. The this is uh the biggest new age band you can possibly think of. Enya. Yes, Enya. Number eight is Enya. A day for without real? rain. Yeah, a I'm day sorry. without rain. What a grab! That's a good one. I love wow. it. And it's good. Wait, so what does new age mean? <laughs> oh no, we cannot yeah. define this now. Okay, never mind. Okay. <laughs> oh, like that? Okay. Yeah. Floaty. When you're when you're at a spa, yeah, they're playing. Enya. <laughs> Love it. You want to relax? I guess I think of Lord of the Rings when I think of Enya, but yeah, okay. And you know what? That's fine. That's fine. That's right. That's fine too. We're right. Anything the... that, yeah. Any if you were getting acupuncture. <laughs> if it, <laughs> Out with Kavita and good getting chance. you might be listening to Anya. Right, good chance here. Okay. All right. So she's what? What was that? Eight? Yeah, eight? that was number eight. You know, Anya's another uh band group. Is it a person or a band, a group? Um, I always think woman. It's a person, but like I have no idea. Anya. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like it's she's one lovely. person. Yeah. Uh but you know, a person who has been around at this point for over twenty years and you know, when you think you think it's a very eighties thing. This person has not gone away. They're always on the charts. I see them frequently when I do this. And this person has uh-huh. been, and he has been on the charts for 56 weeks with this record. <laughs> wow. So there you go. Wow. Wow. All right. I would, would never have guessed that one. Number seven, this is a band uh, that is basically never not on the Billboard top 10 when I do this segment <laughs> every Nickel. single time. Nickelback. Nickelback. If it's yeah. the 2000s, Nickelback is on the <laughs> yeah. charts. This is second record for Nickelback. This is uh this is which uh oh sorry, this is Silver Side Up Nickelback. Okay. Oh right, yeah. This is how you remind me. Exactly. Nickelback. This is how you remind me. This is Take, take yeah. note yeah. of what day that was released. Uh I don't know. I would have to look that and, up. And but they have January been 1974. Yeah. <laughs> S- September 11th, 2001. Shut yeah. up. Shut yeah. up. No way. I did not know that. Conspiracy begin. Oh my <laughs> god. You're like just going to throw that out there. You guys do that. of literal America. I'm like the band of like did not know yeah. that. Wow. <laughs> Holy! It's really That's funny because I didn't know you would think that that would like. I mean, Nickelback obviously became Nickelback, and obviously this didn't hurt them. But you think you would think that that would like overshadow like the an album right. that could that gets released on that day. Yeah, because there's so many movies that were released on that day, and, and they bombed as a result. You I know? remember yeah. just bombed. You really want to use nope. that? <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah, the right. Oh my god. <laughs> The uh, uh, what's I, another I, way of? Uh, I couldn't have. I couldn't think of a better way. They really were. A plane, they, <laughs> they were a plane crash. Really. Yeah. They. The, I, I can't think. They of exploded. A, they murdered. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do well. Let's. Yeah. Uh, you know. It was a box yeah. cutter of a movie. Okay. Um. Anyways. <laughs> okay. Is, so this is the most fun I've had. Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park. Yeah. 
so, no doubt Enya, Nickelback. But we've got okay. two of these big bands. We've got uh, two bands that were featured in this magazine, uh, Linkin Park and Nickelback so far. The clean cut of the mm-hmm. post-metal world. Yeah. Yeah, the mm-hmm. clean cut, but also Linkin Park were not clean cut. Like, they were clean cut looking, like, but they were drug addicts, right? <laughs> they were not, yeah, they were not clean right. people. Yeah. I mean, right, but they didn't come across that way. Sure, to, sure. Like, suburbia, of course. Like your mom still approves, right? <laughs> Those guys still have nice haircuts. They're they really do. Okay, uh, now we move into number six, another album that is never ever not in the top ten of the Billboard charts. Pab, do you want to take a guess on this? Oh no, it's usually a pop singer when he says that. When you say it like that, is, I don't know. Like, uh, well, here's, is that like Celine Dion or Shania Twain or something? No, it's uh, the second hint is that it's a compilation. Oh. It's the Now That's What I Call Christmas Various Artists. No. Oh, I could not. There's no way I would get that. Excuse me? <laughs> so, I, need, I need at least two song examples of what, what is on this. I don't know because I didn't look it up, Dave, but. The, like do you know the Carey now comps it's called now that's what i call music or they're just called now eight or something like that do you know what i'm talking I'm familiar about with the series okay yeah. yes of I course know. i know you've got several <laughs> they're up to like you know a thousand right now uh but these there's never ever been one uh billboard chart that i've done where they are not on it if not number one i say this every episode it's either them being number one or they're like within the top 10 it is the biggest selling record of the series of the 2000s everybody bought mm. these comps and when we're talking about how everybody was stealing music this was the mm. easiest thing they were just like instead of stealing music <laughs> i'll just buy this for 9.99 and then just cut out the middleman and this is the christmas version we're literally doing i'm looking at the week of christmas specifically yeah right and of I, course I, I, but like aren't you worried that we're missing like great early aughts christmas renditions of <laughs> bands from that era if you want me to look this up i will like, i am curious to or is it or is it like normal songs that are then slated into this like christmas cd i would assume it is christmas songs now that's what i call christmas okay oh no these are cla- it's a it's a it's a classic compilation okay so it's it's not disturbed doing silent night or something <laughs> oh no it's like oh. Okay. I think it's oh, like, that's what I call Christmas is like the throwback to you've got Nat King Cole, Ben Right. Cosby, oh, that's lovely. Okay. Sinatra. And Delightful. like this rocks. Like okay. I, I, I do listen to this kind of stuff at Christmas because it's the only kind of like tolerable Christmas music. So you do have David Bowie, Bing Crosby, Little Drummer Boy piece okay. on there. So. Okay. The, the, not, I mean, not, the, the, not the worst not artist. Yeah. But fine. <laughs> oh oh no 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 no! wait 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 36 songs and it you get to the end and you've got silent <laughs> night by boys to men you've got my oh. only wish this year by britney spears you've here got we go he does love shaggy and the big yard family so uh you've got celine dion so you don't have any new metal acts but you do have some contemporary acts yeah right now that's what I call. <laughs> yeah. Number yeah. six. Yeah. Number six. Number five. 
uh, you always have to have a country artist in the top 10 of the Billboard charts. Uh, sorry, number four, that is. It's Scarecrow by Garth Brooks. Oh, nice. I was yeah. going to guess Garth Brooks. I, I should have let you guess. Because he's the only he's the only country artist I know. <laughs> yeah, there's but literally then, like... <laughs> that? Who? When he turned into Chris Gaines. Oh, yeah, I definitely remember oh, that. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was a big deal. Remember he, I liked it. He hosted Saturday Night Live and then he performed as Chris Gaines. Yeah, exactly. The greatest. That was gorgeous. That's so awesome. So that's that was which one was that four? Was number four. Yeah. Okay. Number three, uh, the biggest female pop artist of the two thousands. Britney Spears. Britney Spears, with her album, Britney Spears. <laughs> she's she's taking it back her first album i'm what? pretty sure was called britney the second one i don't know the third one is called britney spears oh no the first one must have been called oops i did it again right um and so yeah, this is britney again though pab this is uh neptune's era britney so this is uh slave for you era britney right yeah, yeah. so that's, that shouldn't have gotten past anyone <laughs> no but uh, hey, it was a time when we didn't really think about words and what they could feel like sure mm. I, i'm still not over that her third album is called britney spears <laughs> yeah. right just i have to look into that it's a return also by it. by 2001 there was already three records yeah it's faster than what i remember but it was like deadline and it was like i don't know or maybe she filled it out wrong maybe someone filled out a form wrong yeah max martin he filled out the forms and like, <laughs> okay I, i've got too many other artists like just britney spears i got it. right uh, okay is that it no no oh. number two it's, it's it's boring number two is <laughs> now eight various artists <laughs> How do you now? It's anything but boring. <laughs> I mean, fudge you now. It's anything but boring. So, let's not let's not turn our noses to whatever the Now series had going on. They were visionaries. I don't remember this at all. The Now series. It was definitely on sale at Starbucks. Like that's where you're picking this up. I, maybe maybe if I saw the cover, I'd be like, oh yeah, I saw. Yeah, I I challenge you to not recognize one of the now installments i really do um this had yeah. this had matchbox 20 jewel nelly Furtado, vanessa Ooh. carlton okay um coldplay laura Pisini. don't know who that is lilix who my friend louise burns who is a wonderful performer she was in lilix and it is very embarrassing for her, but she was famous. What was, I remember Lilix. Yeah, what, what was Lilix? Lilix? I remember it's that. About her, it's about life. Da, da, da. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And that was Lilix. I don't know any wow. of them, obviously. Is that, well, is that Canadian then? Lilix is Canadian? Yeah. Okay. I think they're Vancouver. Okay. Wow. I remember that. I love that. it. Of a dead man, three doors down, Sam Roberts, Sky Sweetenham, Dante and Ja Rule. Yep. Uh, wow. wow. Matthew Good and Nora Jones. Wow. That's such a like time capsule. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're fucked because they're genreless. So they just, they're just like, 
Yeah, number one of like all these things, you just kind of get it all. Yeah. Is that like a, I'm wondering, like, is that the Canadian version? Like, I'm surprised that Matthew Good it is on the, the now Robert version. Would, yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah, because you have to do some CanCon, right? If, in Canada, like, maybe, maybe that's probably what it was. Totally would have been different in Canada. Because in the U.S. it'd be like Sam Roberts. Yeah, I was, I was like, like, who the hell is that? Where is Garth Brooks? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, is, okay, I, okay. kidding? <laughs> the American one, Bootylicious. Yes. <laughs> I'm Real by Jennifer Lopez. Stutter. Because she's real. She's mm. real. We got yeah, yeah. Someone to Call My Lover by Janet Jackson. AM to PM. Uh, Jessica, we got A Little Bit by Jessica Simpson. Crush by Mandy Moore. Rock the Boat by Aaliyah. You Got It Bad by Usher. Delicious. Clint Eastwood by Gorillaz. One of the most fantastic. Oh, songs. yeah. Still great. Mm -hmm. uh, the Wise Guys, Drive Jones, Smash Mouth, Sum 41, Blink-182, Fuel, Three Doors Down, and U2. Wow. Good mix. Mm. You yeah. got everything you want right there. You'd never okay. need to leave your house. Soft and very different, very different feeling. Every mood covered, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, well, what's going on? You have you a drum have... roll. <laughs> oh yeah, drum roll. <laughs> Number one for the week of Christmas. Can you give us a hint, or is it too much that? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna say uh, someone, someone we probably talked about uh, during this episode. They are. Um, I would I would say like the in the post new metal era I you know maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe that's a bad definition for them they were definitely late nineties uh, into two thousands fuck I mean I, I don't know how to say this without like giving it away so Creed rhymes with Pav is right Creed yeah oh very good we should make number this a drinking game next what post pandemic very good. Number Excuse one me. is Weathered <laughs> by Creed. One, one of my greatest joys is uh, there's a Super Bowl performance of Creed. Just do yourself a favor and check that out. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's yep. wonderful. Yeah. Uh, when yeah, I, I heard, yeah. I, I oh. wondered if Creed fit into that whole thing. So they're, does this mean they're after? Sorry? I mean, they were they were ninety. I think their first record was ninety seven ish, ninety eight. So, so they were, yeah, they were in that they were in that era. I don't know if they necessarily fit in, but you know, they had that kind of heaviness to them that I'm sure people latched yeah. onto. They yes, were, they, they were did. The good guys of the bad boys. <laughs> yes. You know, like they were gods. They were God's rock. They were God's children. Yeah. Sure. Thinking um, about Jesus right. and stuff. And, and St. Gabriel. Yeah. Cannot go wrong. Yeah. We used to play a game when I lived uh, at Queen and Bravue where there's the opera house venue. And when we'd come home from work, you could see the line of people waiting to get in. And we'd play the game when we had got home to say, who do you think is playing at the opera house tonight based on the lineup? Yeah. And, you know, you could you could you could probably guess within a genre at least. There was a lot of death metal, a lot of like crazy shit that would happen there. So you could that's kind of like, part. yeah, like that sort of thing. Like black metal would happen there, and then wow. uh, like things like that. Yeah. And then one day, I remember there was this like 
massive tour bus. Like there wasn't like there was tour buses, I suppose. Yes, but like this was like a huge like like way too much gear. And we I came home and I said, "Who do you think's playing the opera tonight?" And I'm talking with my buddy Ryan. We're trying to go through and guess. We're looking at the crowd. We're like, I have no freaking clue, man. Like looking at this lineup, like I have no idea. Look it up. Scott Staff solo. <laughs> oh. No. Nope. Wow. I hate you, you know what? <laughs> hate tour buses and <laughs> solo. Jackson, I have to tell you, living, you know, blocks from the opera house, I do that game all the time and it really is just such a joy mm-hmm. now one like that i'd be tempted to go in i really would yeah i mean do you mm. dave do you remember when we used to be able to do that when we knew the bouncer absolutely and, and we'd big walk bob. big bob we knew the guy you know he, what? he lived on my he's street st- he's still around <laughs> yes he is he's in toronto and i saw him not long ago i wanted to hug him but i don't think that would have been allowed <laughs> uh right but he used to he he was the guy he he was he was the bouncer there he was always out front he lived in the neighborhood we hung out with him like he'd be at the bar and stuff and so it got to the point where we could just walk by be like hey bob how's it going what's going on in tonight oh like you know some black metal band all right can i go in and check yeah yeah he let us go in just check out three songs go on with our night like that was the greatest you literally did get to just do like the Mandarin sampling of like all these bands because we knew the guy at the oh, door. Man. Thanks very much, everyone, for joining me on this conversation. It was amazing to get to talk about uh, about to say black metal, which is way better, but uh, new metal with all of you. <laughs> yes, the newest of metal is the truest of metal. So thank you very much, and I'll see you guys all soon. Bye. Wanna taste the song, man, baby, but uh, I'm showing you that door, rock on!